Are you an overwhelmed SaaS founder ready to make the leap from leading a team to leading an organization? Join us each week as we refill your think tank with actionable tips and strategies from great business minds you know and those you don't know yet. This is SaaS Fuel with your host, five-time entrepreneur, SaaS founder, and globetrotting adventurer, Jeff Maines. Welcome back to the Sassfield Podcast, where we usually follow doctor's orders, especially when it comes from the world-renowned Dr. Seuss, who told us why fit in when you were born to stand out. I'm your host, Jeff Maines. I help B2B SaaS founders like you scale up and exit, creating premium valuation impact and the freedom of running your business instead of your business running you. It's really easy to follow the crowd and blend in. Super easy in business. I mean, just look at competitors and it happens all the time. They just pretty much do what everybody else does. Offer the same thing, maybe for a little less and hope that's enough to win some business. The marketplace is crowded. Attention spans are really short. This became all too real when I was looking at my calendar recently. It was a Monday and there was an appointment on a Tuesday that I didn't recognize. I asked my assistant and she didn't know and didn't book it for me. Occasionally a salesperson will find my calendar link and book themselves in to pitch something or other. So I was about to cancel it. But one last check, I pulled up the website from the person's email who sent me the meeting invitation and oh yeah, I booked it. It was a demo for a solution that we were evaluating, but I completely forgot about it. The company, the solution, everything. And it made me realize two things. One is that we don't do enough to stand out, even when we think that we do. And two, prospects have the memory of a goldfish. And and I don't mean that in an insulting way. I was the prospect. But I don't think that I'm really any different than you or your prospects. This was something we were actively looking for, and I completely forgot about it in a couple of days. Every exec out there has a lot going on. I mean, every day, dozens or hundreds of things compete for our attention. And those brain cycles are very limited. And for some of us, maybe more limited than others. As SaaS companies, we have to earn the right to some of those brain cycles. And when we get it, we need to make enough of an impression to be memorable. I know I did the demo on that Tuesday and whatever it was, we didn't buy it. I don't remember why. And as I was writing the the show opener today, I tried to look them up, but I can't even remember the company name or the keywords to find them or find that appointment. I hope it wasn't your SaaS, but the reality is I know that it's been mine. So don't let it be yours. Be unforgettable. Embrace your uniqueness. If everyone in your industry does it one way, do it another. If every demo is the same old boring feature fest, Grab a tool like our dynamic demo flow and add some surprise and delight, but absolutely stand out. Be memorable. If you follow the crowd, you'll just get lost in it. Let's not do that. Let's blaze a trail, create a memorable experience for your prospects and make them remember you even when they don't buy. The best part is that you don't have to walk alone. Do it with fellow SaaS founders who are committed to standing out in their markets and blazing the trail. We're together not the same. Our guest today has elevated standing out to an art form. Today's episode is sponsored by the book, Small Fish, Big Pond, Building a World-Class Business that Swims Circles Around Competitors. Why do some companies achieve explosive growth while others sink into the depths? Why do some companies stand out and inspire fierce brand loyalty while others are meh? 
What can SaaS leaders learn from fish? Small Fish Big Pond delivers powerful marketing and leadership lessons guaranteed to change the way clients relate to and interact with your company. It includes step-by-step frameworks and growth tools to get lightning fast results. Get your copy today at smallfishbigpond.com. Use the code SASFUEL to unlock some special bonus content. On Tuesday this week, we talked with Marcin Chacon, co-founder and CEO of PriceFX, an international next-generation pricing solution with more than $100 million raised and clients in 40 countries. PriceFX stands out by bringing pricing to the people, and people are at the center of the PriceFX culture. It's a great episode, including how Marchin stays connected with every office on the Red Shoes Around the World Tour. On our SaaS Fuel Expert Series last week, our guest was Jeremy Miner, founder of 7th Level, the fastest growing sales training company in the U.S. and the creator of the NEPQ sales methodology. Jeremy laid out specific ways to increase win rates, even if you don't think sales is your thing. So if you miss either one of those episodes, cue them up and give them a listen. My guest this week is Becca Kay, co-founder and COO of Dingus and Zazzy. You heard that name right? Dingus and Zazzy. More about that later. Dingus and Zazzy is an unlimited marketing subscription that companies can hire for less than the cost of a full-time employee. Their team will take care of things, so you don't have to. They know how to stand out in any crowd. In fact, sometimes they are the ones who attract the crowd. Welcome the woman making all of that happen, Becca K. Well, hey, Becca, welcome to SAS Fuel. Hey, thank you so much for having me. Well, tell me a little bit about Dingus and Zazzy. I mean, that is one of the, the craziest company names. And I think maybe even a crazy premise in building the company where it's unlimited. Tell me about how you came up with that. Absolutely. So um, we're an unlimited flat rate marketing subscription that companies can hire month to month, contract free, for less than the cost of a full-time employee. But we were actually born of a previous couple of companies. Um, my co-founder, John, specifically, uh, he was running a very different business where he needed marketing. Every company does. So, you know, he had a freelance copywriter, a freelance web designer, a freelance graphic designer, all these wonderful, amazing people, but they don't actually communicate with one another. So you're essentially project managing all of these external vendors. And also it's very hard to have that continuity amongst your branding when your web guy and your graphic person don't communicate with one another. He wanted to be able to go to one human being and be like, hey, this is all my marketing things that I need. Please make it happen. However, it was not a company that was big enough where you could afford to hire in-house all of these amazing, fabulous skill sets. And if there's a person out there listening who you are an A-plus graphic designer, web designer, copywriter, video editor, animator, illustrator, et cetera, you are a unicorn and you should be super duper proud of your crazy skill set. But uh, I know personally, I can't excel in every single one of those fields because it's just not in my skill set. So we built Dingus and Zazzy so that people could have a dedicated project manager and access to over 100 internal creative people who work full time, nine to five. And your dedicated project manager is your go to person who gets all your marketing done for you on a completely unlimited subscription basis. And I think that is an absolutely brilliant concept. As, as a you know, a business owner, that would scare me to death to put that out there. Uh, how did you come up with the idea of doing it? You know, completely. You know, like you said, contract free. It's unlimited, and all the different services. If I'm being honest, when it comes to the contract free and unlimited, we just don't like contracts as individual people. John and I, like, I don't know about you, but if somebody's like, you have to sign up for a minimum of twelve months, I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. 
Can we maybe go on right. a couple dates? Before? We don't even Can know each date? other yet. <laughs> right? I don't want to just marry you. I want to at least make sure you're not crazy first. Contracts and stuff like that, they aren't our thing. We actually avoid signing up for SaaS products that we're going to be locked into long term because what if it's not the right fit for us or our business needs change? So we, if that's the feelings we have about a subscription, we think that matters to our clients and our prospective clients as well. So we very much took that into consideration. And then when it comes down to our listings, when we first started out, we were actually exclusively a media buying company. However, I can confirm that media buying budget does dry up pretty hardcore when a global pandemic hits. So right. we decided to start adding in just whatever the customers asked for. So first it was primarily websites and social media. That's what they wanted. Cool. And then it was like, you know, hey, I really need this poster for this trade show. Or hey, you guys are already doing my social media. Do you mind making this or that? Or can you illustrate this? Or it just kind of snowballed. So we kept like a running list and as clients were asking for something, if we had more than a few people interested, we'd find a way to hire it and bring it internally. It just kind of snowballed. We started out with those initial, you know, graphic design, copywriting and web, but then we had to add in video editing because video editing is the crux of social media these days. And it is everything on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, what have you. So there was a need, we filled it. And then from there, somebody was like, well, I don't have actors. I don't really want stock footage. Can you draw me something? I'm like, all right, let's add in some illustrators and some animators. Why not? Like, and we're really lucky to have such a cool staff that I can just throw a message in the company chat now and be like, hey guys, I really want to add in animation. Who has some cool animation friends? And I get like 12 applicants in about 10 seconds. That's so, really cool. Yeah, it's fun. Dingus and Zazzy, very unconventional. I think you're an unconventional person. How has that served you as a brand and in the marketplace? I love that question. Um, I'd say we stick out like a sore thumb and we love it. Like we go to SaaS conferences and we describe what we do and they're like, you're not SaaS. I'm like, yeah, but we operate just like a SaaS. So like, just let us <laughs> exist here. We're fine. Right. Kind of hide in the background. Uh, but it works because we're those weirdos that people remember as a result, you know? I get up on the main stage at a conference and I'm making Lego movie jokes and I'm giving away like weird things and making like I basically wrote stand-up comedy routine last time I got on stage, if I'm being honest. And then people come find you afterwards and they're like, you're that weirdo with the purple hair who just wouldn't stop talking about Legos. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> that, that's me. <laughs> but you remember it. And I think at the end of the day, there's a lot of really cool companies out there, but if you don't find your ways to be obnoxiously unique, you blend into the background. And I, I don't think we blend in in any way, shape, or form. And I'm not just saying that because my hair is the color of a highlighter. I love that. And standing out is really important, especially in a crowded marketplace. How can SaaS founders do more to stand out? What things should they be thinking about in, in really breaking through the noise and, and becoming known in their, their world, their, their marketplace? Great question. I think honestly, step one is your first contact that you're going to have with a prospect is your sales team. Are you doing the traditional thing? Cool. Is it working for you? Because I can tell you we are the furthest thing from a traditional sales team, but it works for us. If there's listeners out here, you might have seen some of us pitch you at one point or another. Our sales team have puppets. They have literally done puppet show pitches before. Um, we've sang sea <laughs> shanties. like We've recorded sea shanties and emailed them to somebody we really wanted to sign up. And it works. I mean, if you got a custom sea shanty written for you or a puppet show where Kermit the Frog's talking to you about marketing, you're going to remember it. And even if you don't sign up, you might tell a friend. So like 
knowing what impact your sales team is making matters. Like one of our sales guys, not gonna lie, wears a unicorn onesie multiple days a week. And he is like this giant six foot three lumberjack and he's got this <laughs> big old beard and a unicorn suit. And you're going to remember if you get pitched by that unicorn and it's, it works for our Absolutely. brand. We're the kooky weird kids who just well, wear unicorn suits. We don't care. It's on brand for us, but I listen to any single pitch that anybody wants to throw my way, putting this out there in this podcast too. If you have a product, a service, et cetera, that you think we need, find me on LinkedIn, email me, pitch me. I want to hear it because you never know what I might learn. It's helpful. But if I get pitched by six different people as a result of this podcast, I'm going to remember you if you make a point of trying to stand out. If you are yet another person in a plain background talking in monotone, you're you're not going to stand out. Your product might be fabulous, but you need to put some love into your pitch too. That's really, really good advice. If uh, a brand, maybe unicorns is not their thing. <laughs> you know, what What is it that they can do that... that would be on brand for them that can stand out? Is that something they just need to understand for themselves or decide what their brand identity is going to be? I think or how does that play into it? But trial and error also is okay. Like we did, we've done some other weird stuff that you up didn't make us any sales, but we thought it was funny as hell. Uh, we sent out mass, <laughs> we sent out 46,000 cold faxes in, in September just to see what would happen. Um, we got some response. We didn't make any sales off of it, but you what? We laughed our butts off and we're like, nobody's cold faxing. Let's try it. Why the hell not? It didn't work for our company. Our target demo is not using fax machines. That's not surprising. But um, there's only one way to know and that's to try. I'm a big believer in there's no such thing as a bad idea if you haven't actually tried the idea out yet. So, you know, send faxes. We're on a wait list right now because they're about to launch a courier pigeon service in the United States. I'm going to send some career pigeons to some prospects. Will we make any money off it? No freaking clue. But let's find out. And you don't have to be as quirky and weird as us. I signed up for a different SaaS product um, to help me manage our international people um, and give them healthcare benefits. But the reason I chose the company I went with was not because the pitch was... They weren't wearing astronaut suits. They weren't playing a ukulele (laughs) for me. But one... They customized their pitch to me. When their deck opened up on my screen, they had my logo, they had my name, they tried. Um, And they knew who they were talking to. They came in so prepared. And they were just genuinely nice human beings who had thoughtful questions and were engaging. And if your brand is, we really care about people and we really get to know you and we're going to ask thoughtful questions, that's a really cool way to go about it too. And they knock it out of the park with their approach. I know every time I email this company, I'm going to get like, how are you? How are you doing? Like they get, they ask questions about my personal life. The other day it was, I got an email out of the blue from our rep being like, Hey, I hope you had a fantastic wedding. I know you'd mentioned it a few weeks ago that you were getting married. I hope you had a blast. Make sure you send photos. Like the small human touches are what their brand is. And to me, that was super impactful and a big reason why I signed up with them. So it doesn't have to be elaborate costumes or song and dance. It just has to be impactful and mean and intentional. I like that impactful, intentional, and you know, authentic. I think, you know, that's that's what that company is. They're not unicorn suits and, and astronauts, but that is that is who they are as a company. I and that's something that, that really fits. 
And I recommend them all over the place now because I'm like, hey guys, I deal with safety wing. They're really great to me and they're awesome to my staff and I love them. So like it it stands out in its own per- way and it works. That's fantastic. So what is one of the the strangest marketing ideas that you've tried that has actually worked well? Oh my gosh. Um, oh, one was a fun one. Um, younger people might not get this reference, but if you remember the old Viewmasters where you could click through and see images, we actually bought a bunch of those and retrofitted our pitch deck to fit Viewmasters. And we mailed them to some prospects. And somebody actually signed up as a result. And like, are they quirky and expensive? Yeah, but we're going to use them at trade shows and they're going to stand out again. So that's cool. We also, at a, um, a cannabis convention a couple of years ago, we went out and bought a karaoke machine and a TV and literally just, we were the karaoke booth. We weren't really pitching. We were just singing karaoke. And gosh, we made so many sales off of it because we were the loudest ones on the floor. And it was a thrift shop karaoke machine. We spent like $60 on it. And our sales guys had an absolute riot just singing and dancing and somehow making sales as a result. Um, oh gosh, honestly, the weird ideas are kind of endless. Um, we once did 12 days of dingus mess where we sent out 12 cold emails of increasing absurdity. If I'm being honest at, in the one episode, they were literally throwing spaghetti at each other. That's about it. Mostly like, <laughs> no pitching, nothing, just like a spaghetti fight in the office that I made them clean up afterwards. <laughs> Cause that's how you get ants. <laughs> for Archer fans out there, but it worked. And I, sometimes I would lose the bet on like whether or not something would work. And that's good because I'd rather be wrong every day of the week and make sales out of it. Absolutely. Yeah, you, you really learn a lot from the experience and just you know, what the reaction is. What is the, the market? You know, How is the market going to react to that? And is it going to work? And I like that the karaoke idea. Trade shows are, are a lot of times really boring. And there's not a lot going on and it can be really crowded too. Some of the big ones, I mean, it's really easy to get lost, but you do something like that and and it doesn't matter. Do they buy? Do they not? Everyone knows you were there and they know the brand name and they know that was like the karaoke company. Absolutely. I, I've got a couple, I like, I'm just going to share it with the world. I don't care. I'm waiting for the right trade show to build basically your mom's basement as a booth. I want an N64. I want beanbag chairs. Oh, funny. <laughs> I literally want people playing Mario Kart in my booth all day long. Because like, if I was at a booth all day and my brain was absolutely fried and I just needed to disconnect for a minute, if somebody offers me a beanbag chair and an N64 controller, I'm going to be like, heck yeah, buddy. Let's freaking go. I'm going to kick your butt on some Mario Kart. Uh, it's going to stand out. And also, you know, you're sitting in a beanbag chair next to me while we're playing Mario Kart. I'm going to ask, you know, hey, what's your name? Where are you from? What do you do? You're going to get to know people as actual people while you're doing something that a lot of us can connect with from like a childhood memory. So if there's a trade show out there that'll have that set up, I will be there with my Nintendo and having way too much fun drinking way too much Red Bull. <laughs> That's great. Where do you come up with all the ideas? Honestly, it's a team effort. We're over 130 people right now. And I initiated this almost a year ago. I pay a ransom on good ideas. Um, if any like team it. member from any sector of the company, I don't care if it's your first day. I don't care if you're our most senior person. If you come to me and you pitch me a killer idea that implements change in our business and we actually use the idea and we, like, we're like, like, freak yeah, let's go, I'll pay you 200 bucks. 
every time. I have staff members who've made like, I'm not going to lie, a couple grand off of me this year because they keep coming to me being like, hey, the way we're doing things could be more efficient if we completely change it to this way instead. And I'm like, yeah, that's brilliant. Thank you for telling me. <laughs> Here's money. I appreciate it. But I always want my staff to feel like they are super heard and super incentivized because we all are really good at living in our own little bubbles and forgetting, like, what was it like when I used to work in that role? Or I, maybe I've never worked in that department before. I'm not going to, I'm the COO and I don't know everything. I couldn't tell you how to, I don't know, HTML code something for, for like our devs do. Not a clue. I don't speak that language. But if they come to me and they're like, hey, doing this process in this other way is way more effective and efficient. Here's the reason behind it. And every other person in the department's like, yes, their idea is better. Let's do that. And I'm like, amazing. I want everybody's ideas because I hire smart, crazy, weird, awesome humans and I need their brains. So I think it's important to make sure that even the newest person on the team knows that like we we want them to pitch us and they're heard and it it matters because not all companies are that open and I never want that part of our culture to go away. That's really important. And, and you're right, a lot of companies don't, or they don't reward those those ideas. And, and what happens is, you know, they somebody may come up with a, an idea, maybe it's a good one, maybe it isn't, but when it's a no or when it's it's not implemented or you know, they're they're not validated or heard, then they're not coming back with ideas anymore. And and that's just kind of what happens in the company is it is the way it is and, and we can't change it. So I love that the fact that you're incentivizing that and and listening. Because there's so many good ideas that that happen out there, and not all of them are good ideas. But you don't get those good ideas without going through a bunch of other ideas and and iterating on those. I mean, no idea comes out fully formed. Absolutely, it takes and time. It's, maybe it sparks an idea in somebody else. Maybe it just starts a dialogue that we need. Right. But I mean, at the end of the day, like I want to hear everybody's ideas and thoughts because it's going to make us all better. And I I can't know everything. We're too big and there's no one human who is that bright. Uh, I wish I could be and know how to do every role, but the crux of our company was built because one person can't do all these roles themselves. Well, definitely the you know, standing out, and, and maybe it's the hair too, kind of reminds me a lot of Seth Godin and, uh, and Purple Cow. Is, is that you know, part of an influence <laughs> for you? Absolutely. Honestly, that's one of my favorite marketing books. I actually recommended it to somebody yesterday while drinking beer at a hockey game, not going to lie, it's the most Canadian thing I could do. <laughs> um, but, you know, I'm drinking the most Canadian at a hockey game. And we were talking about sales and marketing books with a realtor at the like little bar set up in the arena. And I was like, you need to read this book. It's so, it's one of my favorites. It's absolutely impactful. And I don't choose the color purple on my head as a result, but I think it's pretty fun coincidence. And I mean, it says everything to the DNA of our company. We are a purple cow. We are not a we are not a brown cow that just sits into the crowd. We are not actually we're we're a SaaS company that's not a SaaS company. We're a marketing company that's not actually a marketing company. We're we're kind of living in this weird little bubble of our own where we have some competitor ish competitors, and it works. And we we're very fortunate that we found that weird little niche. And I mean, I, I really hope that other people enter the space because it's a cool space to work in. It's a lot of fun. But for now, we get to be the only purple crap cow in the herd of subscription contract-free unlimited marketing work, and it's a good time. Yeah, we've tried some of the other ones. And, <laughs> uh, and there, there's a reason that uh, we're with Dingus and Zazzy. 
they all have their place. Yeah. They all have different fits yeah. for different businesses, you know, and that's awesome. You know, we're a bit more expensive than some of them out there. We're a bit, we're not that strategy based company like some of them out there are. And they all have their, their needs in the marketplace. And we were just very, we're just very fortunate to have found a bit of a different spin on it that nobody else was doing. So your team has grown quite a bit. And, uh, we're talking a little bit before about how you're keeping up with that in a really unique way. So tell me about uh, Dingus Academy. Absolutely. So um, Dingus Academy was born of necessity. We are growing like absolute crazy and we needed a way to train our people and train them properly and train them correctly before they are in a client-facing role or before they were doing client-facing work. Even our, like, doesn't matter what role you're in, graphic design, web design, project management, sales, you you deserve to be properly and thoroughly trained. And we were trying to figure out a way to do that a lot more in bulk instead of just one-offing it. So we created Dingus Academy, where every six months, we're going to take on 10 nonprofit companies. Our first batch of nonprofits is already in progress. And we're going to do completely free, unlimited marketing work for those nonprofits. So we're trying to just support them a bit while they're making the world a better place. We've got, you know, We've got a client that they're working to help refugees get resettled, make sure they have the things they need to be safe and succeed while getting out of a dangerous situation. I think it's really cool that we're going to be able to just give them extra support, help them out with what they need so they can continue to make the world awesome. But by that same token, in Dingus Academy, all the work is being done by trainees. So we're doing free work for the client. We're paying our people, of course, but all the work is being done by our trainees, our new gra- newest graphic designers, our newest copywriters, our newest project managers. And it comes with the awesome, really clear understanding. Like they know they're getting free work, but they know they're getting it from a trainee. So if a human is a human and makes a human error, they're going to be like, hey, you made a human error. Can we fix this? They're not going to be like, oh my gosh, you made a mistake. We're all people at the end of the day, even our most right. senior person in the company, even me, I make mistakes. We're, we're people. But in Dick's Academy, we're getting the chance to train up a whole bunch of people. We actually have 18 project managers in the academy right now, plus all the other roles. And they're just they're here to help out those nonprofits in a safe learning environment. And then the other thing that we did that has been absolutely key to the success, and I wish I'd thought of it sooner, so I'm telling everybody about it. Hire a full-time internal recruiter as fast as you can. Because oh my lord. Um, we hired a girl. Her name is Justine. I hope she hears this because she's an angel and she has saved my life a thousand times. But somebody internal really gets your culture. And her job is to have a backlog of like basically a wait list for every single role. We want to know that like as we scale, we need three more copywriters. She'll be like, cool, here's the three you're going to hire. These are the ones I've already vetted them. They've been interviewed them. They passed every single test we have. These are the three you're going to hire. So when do you want them to start, Justine? <laughs> So having an internal recruiter has literally given us the unlimited access to all the human capital we could ever need. And it's a total game changer, not going to lie. When you're bringing on 18 trainees simultaneously just for project management, you really need somebody who can make sure that people are fully vetted, make sure they're fully tested, and have them ready so that you're not doing that mad dash scramble of, oh, shoot, we need a copywriter three days ago. Let's start an ad. Let's start looking for somebody. Right. We did that for too long. It was a nightmare. I'm never doing it again. 
that's really smart to be able to think about that uh, ahead of time. And I love that the nonprofit angle, we're, we're really involved with nonprofits and that's something very passionate about and something that most of the nonprofits desperately need marketing. Is, you know, they're out there, they're doing great things, but nobody knows about it and they're not positioning themselves right. And to be able to do that. And I also appreciate that you're, you're training them um, you know, in, in that way and not doing it on client accounts. You know, I've been in, in tech long enough, the, kind of the old uh, big five consulting model. You have one person that knows what's going on and 12 people billing underneath them that have no clue that are brand new. So you know, you, you're, not, you're not doing that to clients. But uh, you know, finding a way to really solve both of those problems. One, do great things for nonprofits and you know, take care of your clients, but you know, make sure that people are trained well. And so when they are in that client-facing role, they are, are really ready to go. Absolutely. It makes the staff more comfortable. It makes them more set up to succeed. It makes them be more thoroughly trained because we're not rushing them out of the academy. They can like most of our graduates, you know, they graduate in a couple months. But if you're like, hey, I don't feel like I'm ready. Okay, cool. Let's talk about it. Let's get you the resources you need so you can graduate when you're psyched to do so. And then by that same token, throwing this out there right now, we're going to need 10 more nonprofits in April. So far, I only have three. So if you know a nonprofit that are kind, wonderful people making the world a better place, please send them my email address, connect them with me because I would happily start a dialogue with more nonprofits and find some more um, find some more people to help out when the next wave of the academy goes through in the spring. That's fantastic. I love that. Yeah, I'm sure that listeners will have some ideas for you for, for nonprofits that they love that could really use some marketing help. Absolutely. There's so many wonderful, amazing causes out there that they just, sometimes you just need a little bit of help and we're here to do it because, you know, you're making the world a better place. The least we can do is offer you help again. And so if we have purple cows, of course, the, the big purple elephant in the room would have to be, where does the name Dingus and Zazzy come from? <laughs> um, if I'm being honest, uh, they are actually my partner's cats. Um, he chose the name Dingus from an old SNL sketch, to be very honest. And then his wife chose the other one being, okay, we need to have the other one toned down just a little bit. <laughs> Zazzy um, is toned down. Right? Zazzy is toned down from Dingus, I'd say. Like, you I love know. it. I guess his 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 child's gonna go to kindergarten saying dingus and get hopefully he doesn't get in trouble for it because it's actually where his dad works. <laughs> but yeah, um, dingus and zazzy, it, it's the weirdest name we could possibly come up with, I'm sure. But I guess that's not true because now we're working on a secondary company that I can't publicly announce yet. But it's got a cringier, more childlike name. Uh, if you're into <laughs> bathroom humor at all, when you hear the announcement of this side company that we're working on we hit five-year-old humor pretty hard with it. <laughs> That's pretty good. That, that, I think that is really on brand. I mean, you know, Dingus and Zazzy, that just fits the company. Again, it's a way to stand out. You know, if, if you Google that, you know, we probably don't even have to put a link in the show notes. Of course we will, but you can Google that and, and there's not going to be, you know, 10 hits that come up. Right. <laughs> there, there's one. Yeah. It's, you're just going to see us. You're probably going to see our, Website, if you can find the secret way to do so, please blow up my website and let me know your high score. Uh, <laughs> there's a self-destruct button in, in there and it's a lot of fun. But no, absolutely, it stands out. It's weird. And one of the corny jokes we say all the time is like, I hope one day some super serious old school lawyer in a suit has to say our name with a straight face in court because we just think that'd be funny. We're not asking <laughs> to be sued. We just think it'd be a little funny if somebody has to be a dingus and zazzy out of a judge's mouth that's hilarious and yes in, that is 
And you know, like the naming conventions get dumber and dumber as we go, and that's okay because, well, people remember us. Our um, our team leads in our project management division they're called Pod Daddies because um, they they oversee their pod of people, but we call them daddies because. Well, if I'm being honest, we were all really into Call Her Daddy at the time. So um, the name stuck and the flag is on the wall. Call Her Daddy. Um, everything we do is pretty freaking juvenile, but it it's that purple cow and that's what matters. And you've definitely created a, a culture. Uh, how important do you think that is in, in building a business, building a brand uh, internally with your people of creating a culture that people want to be a part of? It's everything. Like it, it is genuinely everything. And Honestly, we're currently looking to bring on some kind of an HR angel human to help us really just like maintain that culture as we grow. Anybody's out there looking, call me. But because we're scaling so rapidly, it's honestly, it's not easy to maintain. And that's why we we need help. We're ready to bring on an HR person because, you know, we can only do so much as individuals. But I truly believe it's everything. The fact that our staff are friends and partners and roommates and everything else outside of work. The fact that our employees send us their friends so much that we don't actually have to do that much external recruiting because if you like where you work and you like your friends, you're going to want to work with your friends. I'm very lucky. My best friend is one of the founding team members here and a senior leadership person here. And it was purely because I was on Instagram right in like the first weeks being like, hey guys, anybody out there need a job? And she's like, I want to work with you again. And I was like, sweet, let's do this. If you love where you work, you're going to bring your friends in. You're going to have even more fun. And that's one, it's great for you guys as staff members because you're going to hang out with your friends all day. It's also really great for us because if you get to work with your best friends all day, you're going to want to stay at that company, which right. we love too. <laughs> Not going to lie. Anybody out there who does hiring, it's so much easier to keep awesome people than it is to like continuously refill. Um, so we're very lucky in that way, but it's the little things. The honestly, like incentivizing good ideas. I know we've already talked about it, but like the fact that every single person can be heard when they have an idea, I feel like that matters. The fact that any single person in the company can message any single other person at any time for any reason. One of our staff members who is not even anywhere near my department messaged me on Saturday just because they had support systems that they want to talk about. I was like, absolutely, you all have my number. Call me twenty four seven. I don't care. But good people are friends of good people. And that's why we're so lucky that people keep sending us their friends because, you know, we have multiple households now. We have groups of people that are like living together because it's like, hey, I want to refer my roommate. And I'm like, absolutely. It's that's so really fun. cool. It's amazing. And we just, we built these little communities around the world that are feeding off of each other. Um, I'm from Saskatchewan and especially you give me a whiskey or two. That Saskatchewan slang is really going to start coming out in my vernacular, even though I've been <laughs> gone for a while. But if you call up our guys in a couple different countries, like we have seven dudes in a city in Pakistan. We hired one guy and he's like, hey, I, here's all my friends. And we're like, cool. You're a really freaking awesome, dude. This is fabulous. They're using Saskatchewan vernacular in their slang, which I think oh, is that's hilarious. great. Like we had a girl working for us in Spain. She was using South African slang because she picked it up from somebody who was working for us out there. We had a guy, we have a Canadian living in Vietnam and like he's picking up slang from a guy we have living in Europe. Like it's crazy. The slang is just bleeding into everything. <laughs> it's like, I'm so, I'd be so curious to see the etymological impacts of language on just having these international companies these days because when you've got a, 
dude on the other side of the world in perfect Saskatchewan going, oh, F, yeah, bud. I, believe, <laughs> I got it. But like that is such Saskatchewan phrasing. And when non-Canadians are using it, I'm just, this is, this is glorious. This is hilarious to me. When we're getting on happy hours as a team, like we're having some beers, those where they're living, where it's legal or smoking some weed. And we're just like feeding off each other in the most immature way possible. And it's, we've built such a cool team. And that's honestly one of the things I'm most proud of is these really cool people who are working a job that they're having fun at. That's really good. You get so much more productivity because they they really do love what they're doing. They see the impact. They they want to support their teammates. They don't want to let anybody down. So you really you have that that culture. I have to kick people offline at the end of the day. I'm like, I'll be out at like it'll be five thirty. I'll be like, why are you online? Can you please go drink a beer or hang out with your friends or like go do something? And they're like, yeah, but I'm really excited about this project. And I'm like. I don't want you to work too much. Please go home. Why are you here? You are a psychopath and I'm still here late too. So I'm a hypocrite, but you know what I mean? Yeah, there you go. But you have 130 people. You're across 20 countries. How do you keep that culture intact? Is it those team meetings or how do you how do you have that bridge borders like that? Honestly, it's a little bit of everything. Um we do personality tests when we have people coming in. So we do test for personality. And I think that that does matter at the end of the day, because in our, like in our code of conduct, the number one rule is don't be a, I can't swear. Don't be a butthead. (laughs) (laughs) I like it. Our number one rule is don't be a, well, there's another word there, but don't be a butthead. Yes. Yes. (laughs) And we do test for things like teamwork. We do like test for things like compassion communication, extroversion, like we want to make sure that like we're bringing in people who are going to be good to our people because I mean, like they're like my little family at this point. I want them like somebody's going to be mean to them. I would be heartbroken. So we do test for that in our personality assessments. We do interview every single person. We onboard every single person on a video call. So we really take the time like in those first days to really, really make sure that they're ingrained in who we are as people how we communicate with one another, how we treat one another. And then without even me doing it, honestly, it started just kind of snowballing on its own. And I'm excited to hire an HR person to grow it even more. But one of our staff members was just like, hey, I'm a yoga instructor on the side for fun. Can I teach yoga during the day? And I was like, yes, absolutely. And so she's teaching yoga once a week. And I'm like, if it gets too busy, teach it multiple times a week. I don't care. Everybody's like, it's paid time in literally like for our hourly employees. I'm like, please put it in your, please be clocked in for it. This is not a break. This is a team activity. It's like, she just decided one day, I'm going to start teaching yoga on Wednesdays. I'm like, I love that. Please teach yoga on Wednesdays. You know, we had uh, somebody else who was like, hey, something we always did in my old job was like team happy hours from the bartending industry with this individual. And we always did like closing beers. At the end of the day, we, you know, get together and have beers. And I was like, Cool. So now, honestly, we sh- we need to get better on the schedule about it, but it's usually every other Friday. We, we get like 40, 50, 60 people on a Zoom call just hanging out and talking about life. The other day, it was football for 45 minutes. The day before that, it was like traveling and dogs, and everybody was like bringing their animals on camera, being like, look at one of our chefs is a turtle. And they're like, this is my turtle. And we're like, this is, <laughs> this is paid time. I think this is hilarious. Um I like, I know it's cliche to say things like team yoga, team happy hours, because they seem to be like the common ones that like international companies are saying, but it doesn't matter what the activity is. As long as you're bringing some joy to people, 
hanging out, getting to know each other outside of deadlines and due dates and client expectations, which are all important things. But, you know, I want my people to stay with me for forever and ever. So I want to make sure they're here to have a good time as well. That's good. I think it's really good for for mental health and especially working remote that can get pretty lonely, but they have that connection. So I think keeping them connected makes such a difference. It really does. And like, you know, we want, I'd like to think like, if I go to this town or that town, because we have staff so many places now, I don't care where you live. I don't discriminate based on postal code. I just care that you're awesome. So like, if you want to live in Florida or you want to live in Australia or you want to live anywhere in between, awesome. I'd like to hope though, if I go traveling to your city, that I can grab a beer with you because I would want to get to see you in person. One of our senior leadership, she just spent six months backpacking through South America and working remotely, which was super cool on its own. She was in a different country every two weeks for six months straight, but she got to meet so many of our staff. And part of me is like, I'm psyched for her, but I'm also jealous because she's like sending me Snapchats and she's like, you know, hey, I'm drinking beers with like Diego or hey, I'm going to go see this person or, you know, I met this person in real life. Sam is really cool in real life or you know, I just, I am so excited that those things are happening for our team because they're traveling and seeing awesome. each other without meaning, like without us setting it up. They're just becoming friends in real life. And I mean, I think I need to get, you know, pack a backpack and go do the same thing because it sounds pretty fun. It does. It does. What has been the, the biggest lesson that you've learned in building the Dingus and Zazzy this far? Oh, that's a loaded question because I know I said <laughs> earlier, there's no such thing as a bad idea until you try it, but Good Lord, have we made some screw-ups because <laughs> we try anything and everything. And I think, honestly, just being willing to try anything is the biggest lesson we learned because we are way more open-minded now than we were two years ago. If you sat us down two years ago, we would have been like, yeah, we're scaling exclusively in Edmonton, Alberta. We're going to build the whole team in person. It's going to be awesome. We're going to build this really cool, vibrant environment. Um, for those of you who are less familiar with Canadian geography, there's not enough people here. There is less than a million people for miles and miles and miles and miles. Trying to build a company as fast as we're building it and continuing to scale it, you run out of you run out of people because of that million, the amount that are, you know, actually want to work for a weird ass marketing company, the people who don't already have jobs, like the pool is pretty shallow when you're in a place with less people. So we learned really, really quickly to throw out our entire vision of what our team was going to look like because we physically aren't in a big enough center to make it work. If you're in Montreal, Toronto, New York City, cool. you got access to way more humans, but our initial goals of like a giant in-person Edmonton army, the vision died real quick, not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> and that's okay because I'd rather be wrong every day of the week and be creating more jobs then think I'm right all the time and not be as successful. That makes a lot of sense. And, and I love that. You, you use a, a phrase a lot. You can't steer a parked car. And so you, you've got that car in motion. And even though you're making some mistakes along the way, you're moving, you're finding out what works and what doesn't work. And you're willing to drop those expectations and, and be open-minded to, you know, maybe this is going to go a different way. Maybe there is a better way. And it, it just, you know, even with the employee ideas, you know, always being open to maybe there is a better way. And, and it may come from, you know, somebody inside the company, may come from outside, but you're open to those different ideas. Absolutely. I like, life's too short. I'm only one person. Heck, we had a client pitch us a, 
a service offering idea like four or five days ago? Or are you working on an action plan to implement it? Because we're like, okay, that's really freaking smart. Clients bringing us the idea. And it was something that we never, we said we wouldn't, we said we would never do. We're doing it. And we're going to be adding on a service offering here in the new year because clients are demanding it. We're going to figure out a way to make it work. Why the heck not? That's great. That's great. What role have mentors played in your success? Oh my gosh, everything. Uh, I'm very, very lucky to have some really cool people that we I call every day. I call nonstop <laughs> and it works. One that is has been just absolutely ginormous to myself and my CEO is um, we have a mentor named Dan who we genuinely call every single day. Not kidding. But he, he's been there, done that. He built a company. He actually got to sell it. He's experienced several different industries, including marketing. And just like, even if it's just, I'm having a day, this is frustrating me, but I know Dan's going to get it. I'm going to call him like, hey, I need to brain dump for five minutes, <laughs> um, which is amazing because just to have that resource, he's literally in our base camp system. We can just message him at any time. Like, hey, man, what do I do in this situation? Or like, how would you approach that? Or when would you do this? It's amazing because we're not an old company. So we we have amazing humans out there we can turn to. Another couple that like I'm just so lucky to have, my dad and my father-in-law, both entrepreneurs, both built cool businesses. I'm My father-in-law's coming to visit me on Thursday and I have like a list That's of cool. questions. We're going to be cracking open a bottle of bourbon and talking business way too late into the evening because I'm <laughs> basically going to take it like a business therapy session and be like, all right, Jim, this is what we're talking about tonight. Let's go. <laughs> That's really, really smart being able to, to leverage those that, that have the experience and have gone before and can provide that wisdom and guidance. Absolutely. And like, I find it crazy because I'm just, you know, some punk kid from, from the prairies, but like, now I have people calling me for advice building their businesses because they're stuck on something that I faced. And it's like, but you want my advice? I mean, gladly give it to anybody. Absolutely. Please book my calendar. I'm happy to chat at any time. But it is it is baffling to think that we're only two years into this craziness and we're as big as we are. And people are coming to us being like, hey, so like, how do we do this? Or how did you do this? Or can you help me solve this problem? I'm like, me? Okay, cool. Oh, that's really good. Where can people learn more about you and about Dingus and Zazzy online? Well, I am a hypocrite in that I don't have personal social media anymore other than LinkedIn. <laughs> so you will Nothing not find me that. on Facebook. You will not find me on Instagram. You will not find me on Twitter because I'll be honest, I got too busy for it. So I just stopped looking at it and now it's gone. <laughs> but Some of us would all be better off if, if uh, we would do that same thing. Honestly, it's hard to kick the habit though. <laughs> I still like pick up my phone when I'm just like sitting there killing time in the car and yeah. I'm like, oh, I got nothing on here. Okay, next. <laughs> Guess I'll read a book. Um, but yeah, um, I'm on LinkedIn, Becca K, Becca Kingsbury. Um, I'm in the process of changing my last name. So I'm throwing both names out there just in case. Um, or you can email me. It's just Becca at dingusandzazzy.com. I am beyond happy to hear anybody's pitches, hear anybody's ideas. If you have a cool nonprofit, you're that HR person that I'm looking for, call me. Or you don't have to be an HR person. We have all sorts of roles, but you know what I mean? Um, Manbox <laughs> yes. is very open to hearing from absolutely everybody. Awesome. And we'll be sure and link all of those in the show notes. And Becca, I have really enjoyed our conversation today. This was so much fun. Thank you so much for having me. 
Thanks again to Becca for coming on the show and sharing your journey and insights. Learn more about Becca and Dingus and Zazzy at dingusandzazzy.com. As always, all links, highlights, resources, full show notes are available at sassfuel.com. But if you're looking for Dingus and Zazzy, just Google it. Google Dingus and they are right there at the top. There's an SEO tip for you. Name your company Dingus right there. Easy to spell, hard to forget, and it certainly stands out. So please subscribe and follow us at sassfuel.com while you're there. Everyone who subscribes this week gets a Viewmaster. Who knows, maybe even one with a pitch deck on it. Can you imagine getting that in the mail, Viewmaster with a pitch deck? I think that's just brilliant. Certainly unforgettable. Join us next week for our SaaS founder conversation with Nathan Miller, founder and CEO of Rent Tech Direct. Nathan is a landlord, real estate investor, and entrepreneur whose SaaS started as a passion project to solve a problem that he had. And then it grew to be the third largest property management solution in the country. A truly amazing journey, fantastic solution, solves a real problem in the marketplace, and Nathan is having the time of his life. And in our SaaS Fuel Expert Series next week, you'll meet Sarah Holly, founder and CEO of Growmotely. Remote work unlocked explosive growth for her company, and now she and Growmotely do the same for thousands of other companies. You won't want to miss either one of these episodes, so be sure to like and subscribe and come back next week. And until then, enjoy the journey. Thanks for listening to SaaS Fuel. Full show notes for each episode, which includes a summary, key takeaways, quotes, and any resources mentioned are available at sasfuel.com. Be sure to follow and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you're enjoying the content and getting value from these episodes, please leave us a rating and review at ratethispodcast.com slash sasfuel. We'll be sure to read these out on future episodes.